to another episode of Justin and the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Justin the Food Entrepreneur. So today I'm really excited to uh, have an original back. We'll call them the original OGs because I think it was one of the first 10 episodes we did, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but as I sit here and look at the charts, uh, these guys are still sitting at number two of all time for their episode. So, um, Cecil and Jake, welcome back. Um, how's Sacramento, California and Nash and proper? It's hot. Thanks for having us. We're in a heat wave right now. Literally or just from, uh, just, uh, just turning your uh, Nashville chicken into a, a physical ATM machine. This <laughs> <laughs> actual heat wave has been what in the hundreds for, I think it's going on uh, seven days right now. Uh, tomorrow's supposed to be 112. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be it's a scorcher. And then we had uh, thunder, like lightning storms last night. Um, around 1 a.m. and just the uh, rumbling, and I, I thought lightning was gonna hit the house. I think it hit my AC. My AC started going off. Yeah, it was crazy. That's awesome. So, I mean, um, Jake, we haven't formally met you before on the podcast, but obviously we've heard your story. So, Jake Bombard. Um, welcome to the podcast. So tell us a little bit about your background. Um, tell us the story of Nash Proper from your perspective. We've obviously heard it from uh, Cecil's perspective, uh, the chef. But um, tell us your story, your background, how you guys met, um, sort of your version, just to get the audience up to speed in terms of what your business looks like and um, how you guys operate and sort of how your partnership began. For sure, for sure. Um, Cecil and I started working at a at a restaurant together, and uh, I think we clicked right off the bat. Um, you know, he was always pushing me to do better, and I was a pastry chef at that time. And so, um, you know, I he gave me the shine and the what I needed in my confidence level to push myself and you know become a better cook. Um, we both went our separate ways for a little bit and then Cecil opened his food truck and he wanted me to come back. So we linked up then. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was the previous food truck, right? Cecil was that when, yeah, that was a uh, Cecil's taste. Yep, yeah. So Cecil's taste was, uh, my first, uh, food truck concept. We, uh, specialized in smoked pork belly. Uh, we had gourmet burgers, loaded fries, uh, you know, pork belly tacos. That was like my, my chefy chef, chef days, you know, like I'm coming right out of the kitchen. I'm going to do my menu that I always wanted to do. You know, uh, it, it was a grind. It was a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of scratch made, you know, smoking my own pork belly, you know, curing it for seven days. It was, it was like me stepping out on my own kind of thing and doing what I wanted to do. So, uh, uh, I called Jake 
um I, I forget i don't think were you in the kitchen at the time when i called you jake or am i mistaken uh no no i was you, go ahead i was on hiatus i was burnt out I, I was done with the restaurant industry i was i was at intel i was actually in computers at the time oh yeah yeah i yeah. believe mm-hmm. and yep. then you, you know i just missed it so much i missed I couldn't sit at a desk for the rest of my life. So, you know, Cecil <laughs> called me back and and it was time to go and get back get back on the road. So, I mean, let's talk about this. I mean, I love the name Nash and Proper. I really want to, I think what you guys did there was a great thing. And, and you guys linked back up and you sort of sparked this alternative concept in, in Why Nashville Hot Chicken? I mean, I, I encourage everyone to go back and listen to the first episode, but we have both guys on now, and I think it's important we sort of just really dive into this because what they've created is, is quite a concept, and I want to make sure we give value in the foundation that you guys built um, because I want people to understand the success that you've had um, and where you are right now and success that you're having um, the amount of work and sort of the amount of pivoting that you guys have had an opportunity together to get there, at least what I've seen from my perspective over knowing you guys and uh, watching you on social media. So, um. uh, yeah, um, I'll start it off. Um, so uh, when we were doing Cecil's Taste, we, we were doing a Bok Bok chicken sandwich on there. It wasn't Nashville or anything. It was just a straight chicken sandwich. And uh, we would go to um, uh, UC Davis uh, campus every like once a week, and you know we're still doing the pork belly, still doing the um, we were still doing the gourmet burgers and stuff. But I put this chicken sandwich on, and there there's a lot of people that don't eat pork uh, on that campus. They don't eat red meat. But when I did this chicken sandwich, we were selling. I believe it was like two three hundred pounds of chicken a week um with and it just kind of sparked something in me is like you know this might be a concept and at the time you know jake he he was thinking about going and doing his own thing um he's you know uh, i think it was like a coffee crepe shop and i was like you know what man i got this idea of just doing like a a uh, chicken shack, you know, I want a trailer. Um, and you know, like it, it took a little convincing, um, because, uh, I think, uh, you know, like when, when you're in a situation, you have your mindset of, I want to go do my own thing, you know, like that's what you want to go do. And, you know, I don't know what changed in, you know, Jake's mind because I was like hounding. I was like, dude, this this chicken concept is going to be great. Like there's no fried chicken food trucks in Sacramento. You know, I was Googling. There wasn't anything like, in, you know, like from here to Oakland. And I was just like, man, like if we don't if we don't hop on this fried chicken, you know, trailer concept, somebody else is going to do it. And um, when, you know. But I, I told this on the first podcast, I went and tried the KFC version of hot chicken and it was horrible. And, but I knew there was something there. So that's when I started studying the history, you know, about the Nashville hot chicken and, you know, Prince's and, 
you know, the the newer version of Hattie B's and, you know, what it was all about then start creating my own um, recipe of, you know, uh, hot chicken, you know, like we're Nashville inspired, you know, we're not Nashville hot chicken at all. You know, we're not from Nashville, but we we're inspired by, you know, the, you know, the Prince family, you know, like, cause I, I consider, you know, Jake, my brother, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we've been together for so long and, you know, Jake's a very modest person, and but he's one of the people that that's known me for a long, long time. He's seen, you know, my dark days. He's seen, you know, a lot of stuff that, you know, even, even my wife, you know, you know, has, hasn't, you know, seen in me, but Jake was always there for me. And, you know, I always wanted to give him an opportunity. Um, if he, if he had a dream, I wanted to be there with him. And when, you know, I had to, I had the concept, I had the, you know, I had the recipe, but then he was like, I want to build this social media thing from scratch. And I was like, that's a whole nother, you know, that's a whole nother world. And I wasn't willing to do that world, but he was. So all the content mm-hmm. you see on our social media, um, you know, from our designs of our merchandise, like that's all Jake and he's self-made, you know what I mean? Like he's not, he, he had this idea of, you know, our patterns of, um, uh, what our logo should look like and you know he, he's worked with a couple people but and you know like I have my two cents in there too but Jake is actually the the person that you know is actually you know doing all this social media stuff and you know we have stickers on Instagram now I don't even know if that that was a thing but <laughs> he's the guy that did all this for us you know he's 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 great at what he does. And, you know, like, I think that our social media and our food in the beginning, that's what I told him. I was like, our social media and our food should be the same. They should both, they both should be great. If you go on Instagram and you see, you see some of these things, you're like, oh my goodness, I need to go try that. And then you go try it and it's garbage. <laughs> but you know, you see our chicken sandwich, you're like, God damn, I need to go get that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you eat it, and you're gonna be like, oh, this this tastes just how it looks on Instagram. Yeah, and the, the bite better and, match the bark, that's for sure. Yes, exactly. So um I just wanted to tell you a little bit about Jake because he's not gonna he's not gonna pump his own self up, but you know, I'm here to <laughs> tell you he's he's a solid loyal creative dude right here man but you know go ahead jake sorry i just wanted to put a little shine on you real quick man <laughs> i appreciate that see appreciate that so let me no, i mean I, let's I talk about that brand. i mean we've heard how from the culinary side that you know what cecil's done in terms of the food and why you know uh, Nashville style chicken and, and the appreciation for it and and I I like the clarity you know it's not Nashville chicken it's Nashville inspired chicken and I think that that's important we do a lot of that right we have plenty of 
Japanese restaurants in the United States. They're not necessarily Japanese restaurants. They're Japanese inspired. And I think there's a distinction there. Um, that's important that we deal with a lot in regulation, which is a whole different side topic. But what I'm, what I think is really cool is you talked about the social media. So let's back up a second because you had one food truck, um, chef Cecil's, and then you did the trailer, you got the trailer and hooked it up and did, um, Nash and proper. So, um, you know, and then. I think you've switched to now both being Nash and proper, which I, I actually know the answer, but you've made the full switch to both being Nash and proper. But in doing so, how do you feel that your approach to social media, Jake, I guess, um, let's really dive into it, helped benefit and helped match what Cecil was just talking about in terms of making the food match what you did on social media? Because um, that's I, not interesting. It's, it's hard, right? Well, now I don't have two brands to to deal with. It's just national proper, so that way, you know, I, we focus all the, all of our energy on the national proper brand. And I would say it's more than social media. It's building the whole brand and what the consumer sees as what national proper is. Um, you know, it's it's from the designs on the shirts. You know the the look and the feel of, you know, the outside of our food trucks and soon to be our restaurant, how that experience is when you go inside there. You know, you don't you see restaurants with Ikea furniture and, you know, tacky things on the wall. You don't, we don't want that. We want to be original. And I think that's the whole experience is what, you know, I would argue a lot of restaurants don't really smaller restaurants don't take into consideration. Um, and then as far as the Very social true. media, it's, it's just so powerful that, you know, a lot of people sleep on Instagram. Instagrams are, are, you know, bread and butter. That's, that's, it's a, you know, it's a visual experience and it makes you see, you see what other people are doing and it makes, you know, the customer want to go try something different, I would say. Well, and so talk to me about this. What is Nash and Proper to you, uh, Jake? What is it that you're seeing that you're trying to convey? You talk about this. What is it that's making it different and it's different and you didn't want it to just be the same old but what is it that you guys are trying to convey with your food? What is the message that you're putting out there in terms of marketing and advertising that you feel that you guys are trying to represent? What is it that the Nash and Proper brand ideally would be to you? If you could tell someone. You know, I just want to keep it fresh and trendy and original, I would say. You know, um, I... A lot of people just put generic posts with, you know, what are you going to eat for lunch today? And it's just, it it doesn't come from a place of, you know, originality. They're just posting because they have to post and they want people through the door. But it coming from me, you know, the owner, um, I'm invested in this. I'm, I wanted to, you know, do well. And I put a lot of extra, you know, just 
effort into what goes on. We don't have a social media team. I'm, and I'm the social media team. And so I think that is kind of the difference that sets us apart and what I'm trying to convey. Um, I just want to make it trendy and cool and something that you have to go out to try, I would say. And if you forgot about us or, you know, you might, you, you might get that reminder in your feed that, oh, you know, I haven't had National Proper in a while. Let's go down there and see what, they're, what they got going on today, you know? Absolutely. And I think it's cool. One of the things that you're doing is you are reminding people that you guys are still there, especially with what we're going through with COVID and the coronavirus and food trucks and um, to grab and go restaurants. All that stuff's become important in the world that we live in. Um, just because of, of trying to keep the social distance and the rules and regulations that have sort of come down um, in order to keep safe. So I think it's really cool what you guys have done. But what I like is um, you're the one out there doing the social media as the owner, so you're learning it. So down the road, if you ever mm-hmm. needed to pass it on, you're the one with the knowledge. You didn't just outsource it from the beginning. Like, it's an important part of our business now. It's not... I agree the food needs to taste well, but I also agree that we live in a world that the social media and the presence and us as entrepreneurs and owners need to be the faces of our business because that's what people expect now, you know, and whether mm-hmm. it's directly it's the face, yeah. yeah, and whether it's directly us, I mean, a lot of us use, I have my personal account and then I, there's business accounts and so on and so forth but what it does is it's it's building the audience to an expectation they know who's behind it and that's you and you can say okay i need help with social media but this is the expectation this is my dream this is what i lived this is from my experience and i think that's pretty cool so um let's talk about something fun and exciting and then i want to come back to marketing and advertising just because i want to change the topic um just so it doesn't get stale um, pun intended, since we're talking about food. And it's, um, is how you guys went to two food trucks. I mean, that's the last time we talked, uh, Cecil, but from there you've built this restaurant. So tell me how you made this decision to go into a sort of a brick and mortar model. And then also, um, what it's been like, is it the same menu? Do you support it? I mean, I don't even know if you cook there. Do you cook out of the trucks and, and do it out of the a storefront? I mean, because we have seen some of those models pop up. But tell me about that, um, either one of you guys. Yeah, so uh, since we talked last, we have three food trucks now. Uh, we have a commissary kitchen, uh, and then we have a restaurant. So um the commissary you know it it was a necessity just like you're talking about um we we were at a shared commissary before and it we just got too big for you know we're we there's one prep kitchen in there for you know 75 trucks and we just pretty much outgrew it so uh we pretty we got a commissary where we could park uh two trucks um, and then we have our prep kitchen and our, our ghost kitchen. Um, and we were two weeks away from opening the restaurant when the pandemic hit. So we pretty much had to pivot, um, called, you know, the, the, the health department, called the city, 
you know, pretty much, hey, what what can we do with our food trucks? And, you know, uh, they're like, well, food trucks are the ultimate, you know, grab and go pickup. So, you know, they they pretty much said, do what you do, try to go into the neighborhoods, try to get those people fed. Um, so that's pretty much what we did. Uh, you know, Jake kind of, he, he added up uh, our online ordering, uh, put, you know, our, our uh, pickup online system together uh, through our POS. And, um, you know, we just been kind of grinding that way. And now that we're kind of, you know, we're, we, we're back to, you know, uh, well, we have the online ordering, you know, down, it, it kind of changes with the time, but, um, we're, we're back focused, uh, focused on opening the restaurant. Um, but how we got the restaurant is that we, uh, entered a contest called calling all dreamers, uh, which, the uh, downtown Sacramento partnership, it's a contest, uh, you know, like small businesses in Sacramento, they if they want to open a storefront you know it's kind of like a, um, a shark tank kind of atmosphere you know you put your business plan have all your numbers and then you go in front of a panel and you pretty much pitch your idea of why you should be in you know downtown and what you could bring to downtown sacramento and uh we we won that contest um so and then but one problem that we were having is that we couldn't find the right style of restaurant that we're looking for. We're looking for something small, but with the open kitchen, because we're really interactive with, you know, all of our customers, uh, especially with the, you know, Instagram and tag tags and all that stuff. So we wanted to be open. We wanted people taking pictures. We wanted to interact with customers. Um, it's, it sounds so so far fetched now. It's <laughs> the situation that we're in, um, but that's what we wanted to bring to the table. Um, but we were having problems finding that kind of restaurant that was already um, built, you know, second gen. And we we're just we're going into these empty buildings, and you know, oh yeah, it's gonna be, you know half a million to build this out and you know especially with us frying you know that hood system needs to be you know it can't just be any kind of hood system you gotta have the right specs on the, the type of hood that you're and, gonna yeah. that yeah exactly ansel shoot you know like there was one place that we're looking at it was gonna be uh two hundred and fifty thousand dollars just to put in a uh the shoot for the hood because it had to go all the way up the building um, so that got scratched real quick. Um, and that was the rest, that was the restaurant that we actually pitched in our, uh, shark tank, uh, panel. So, um, after, you know, that was like, no, we really can't do that. Um, we, we were looking at another spot downtown, kind of ran into the same situation. And then, um, out of the blue, I get this phone call from, uh, you know, a chef at a mother, which was like a vegetarian restaurant downtown, uh, had a Michelin Garmin and all that. And he was like, Hey, you know, I got, I, I got this place that, you know, 
might be available. And during this time, we're getting all these phone calls like, hey, I could put you in here. I could give you this. I could give you that. But I want 80% of the business. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, that's not going to work for us, you know? So I thought this was the same kind of deal. So I'm like, you know, I'm sitting there on the phone. I'm just like, yeah, hey, yeah, okay. And I was like, well, so what restaurant is it? And he's like, it's mother. And I was just like, oh, wow. So it was an open kitchen, uh, 1,200 square feet, counter dining. This is exactly what we wanted. You know, exactly what we're looking for. Turnkey, you know, like uh, just taking out a couple of their burners and putting a couple more fryers in. Um, you know, I, I call the health department. I'm like, hey, this is what I want to do down there. They're like, yeah, you know, like, that's a great location. You can do, you know, they have the right hood for what you guys are trying to do. It was just, it, it was like, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but it was just, it, it just lined up with everything that we wanted in a restaurant, in the right location, in downtown. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I think it was the day after uh, Christmas, we uh, we got the keys, you know, signed the lease and got the keys. So, um, and, you know, it, we, we were right there, you know, like I said, we're two weeks uh, from opening uh, when the pandemic hit. So that kind of, you know, uh, it, it, we had to pivot and, you know, I, I went to, uh, I went to our staff. And I was like, hey, you know, like, what do you guys want to do? And they're just like, hey, we want to work. So, um, like I, I just said a few minutes ago, you know, Jake put together our online uh, ordering. Um, and we've just been rocking that. Uh, we In our commissary, uh, we, we made it a ghost kitchen. So you can come, you know, pick up food from our ghost kitchen now, too. Um we have two trucks out on the road, uh, mainly doing uh, our TNR barbecue spot over on uh, Broadway. And then we're, we're staying in the neighborhoods, making sure they're fed um, because we're, we're not like on lockdown like we were, but a lot of people are still working from home. So we're still trying to get to the neighborhoods and feeding the people that, you know, can't get out. Um, so, Sorry, I'm a little long-winded with it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where we are right now. But um, we are, we're I think we're a couple weeks away from trying to open the restaurant again. So um, yeah, we're uh, Jake and I are pretty much focused on that right now because people still want that restaurant to open, even though you know there's no dining. It's not going to be what we wanted, but we just want to open it up because people are asking. And I think we, I think we can do something for that community, uh, pump a little life in the downtown sack. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And, and so I'm curious, you mentioned a third food truck. So let's talk about, and now a restaurant, let's talk about infrastructure and training and operations. And you now have, three at least three crews running three trucks and then you'll have another crew running a restaurant so 
I mean, pers- let's talk about this conceptually, how you training people, how you passing on your knowledge as owners and your attitude and your culture as owners onto these people who are now running these major business operations for you guys, right? I mean, you're now three trucks and a commissary and um, a restaurant coming on board. So how has been your approach to getting people trained? How do you find the right people, the right managers or whatever you call them on the head trucksman um, for lack of a better term? Um, But I mean, how are you guys going about that and and sort of what has been your strategy to train these individuals? Uh, You know, the, the the main thing is that you need you can't be you can't be everywhere you know when you have you know you have three you know you have three trucks you have your commissary so we have a manager on each truck and then we have an like a uh, I don't want to call him GM because he's a chef you know but he his name is Matt and he kind of oversees everything, you know, um, he, he over, he works out of the commissary. So he's pretty much, uh, has, you know, all of his order sheets from the truck. So it's just like, you know, the trucks are fine from the commissary pretty much other than going to restaurant Depot. We made our commissary pretty much like a, a little shopping center, you know? So, there's there's our order sheets here they come in they put what they have on hand what their pars are and then they you know take what they ordered out and matt kind of oversees all of that because what what would happen if you don't do that is that people just start coming in and just grabbing stuff you know so you have to have all your inventory down you have to have all your inventory sheets and then you have to have a great staff that you know that just doesn't come in and start grabbing stuff without writing the things down. So, um, you know, Matt's our, our main go-to guy for that. And then we have a manager on each truck and then they have three employees on each truck. Um, but our smaller truck is usually, um, one manager and two employees. Um, and then, you know, uh, they report to Matt, Matt reports to us. So, yeah, you know, if they if they need anything, you know, that Matt can't do, of course, they could come to us, too. But, you know, we we kind of try to be like, all right, you know, Matt, Matt's the guy, you know, um, and you have, you have to invest in these people, too. You can't just, you know, be like, oh, you know, you, you got to do this for nothing. You know what I mean? You got to, you know, you got to invest in them. You got to, you know, and as you grow. You know, you got to be asking them, what do you want to do? You know, um, because we, me and Jake aren't who we are without a great staff underneath us, you know. Um, So I don't know if you got. uh, Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I, oh, go ahead, Jake. I'll let you answer first before I ask my questions. No, I think that was well put. I mean, it's just it's a challenge i think in the in the restaurant industry right now especially um just to get great people through the door to hire that's like the we have the operations down we have everything in place but who really wants to work and who wants to work right now 
I think that's one of our biggest challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're finding that everywhere, actually, and at least in our food service businesses, even all across the country, our, our um, facilities, it's like who really wants to work, right? Who Who wants to get out there and do something during these times? And, you know, and you're seeing it, the, the cream rises to the top, right? I mean, so we're seeing some opportunities there to find the right individuals, but it is hard and it is um, more tedious and um, harder than we thought it would be also. So I like that. So I want to pause there for a second, uh, Jake, and give you an opportunity to just talk about where people can find you online, um, what your guys' menu looks like, um, what the menu is going to look like for the restaurant, um, and then sort of your Instagram handles, both personally for both you guys and then your businesses, obviously. So, um, let's, let's talk about that for a little bit. Sure. Um, our Instagram handle is at nationproper.com or at nationproper, but N-A-S-H and spelled out A-N-D proper, um, our Facebook is Nash and Proper as well. And then we're on Twitter at Nash and Proper. Um, personally, I, my, my personal account is, is private. I don't, I don't, I deal only with Nash and Proper. Um, and Cecil's is what, Chef, at Chef Seat? Chef Seat, yeah. And then as far as our, Let's see, our menu for the restaurant coming up, we're adding a few more items. We're going to be doing uh, quarter birds um, in different selections. So you can, we're adding the breasts. We're adding quarters, leg quarters that we haven't done before. We're also adding um, mac and cheese and uh, collards, yeah. Yeah, um, so the the difference between, because we have a quarter bird, but we're doing bone-in leg quarters, uh, bone-in breast and wing. Uh, you get to choose those, and then you get to do a half bird. Um, uh, right now, we're working on, um, so we're going to have three kind of, one for the crew. Uh, it's going to be called for the crew, so you could, you know, and then for the fam. And then I want to do one. That's called for the gram. <laughs> so it'd be it'd be three different platters, but uh, that's kind of a work in progress right now. I I like that a lot. I think it's very creative. So, um, let's quick run through your menu um, now and sort of what sides you guys have. What what inspires you? Do you guys do anything seasonally? How do you tie that into the? Um, website and the offerings and stuff like that in your um now to go orders um so let's talk about that a little bit um for uh our menu is pretty much the same um with the trucks right now uh when we get into the restaurant uh we will have a little bit more uh i i think we could start doing a little bit more seasonal ingredients and stuff but uh you know like uh, you're familiar with food trucks you know people know what they want they want their food they want good food fast you know they're they're really you know, every time you know i'll come up with a special for cecil's taste you know it, it might tell it might not 
So when, you know, the Nash and Proper kind of came around, I think Jake and I both were like, let's just do this menu and do it really well. And, you know, make sure that people are getting their food in a timely fashion and, you know, just, just bang it out. So um, right now, uh, I think the, the biggest the biggest change that we're doing is that we're going with a, a local uh, bread company uh, out of Truckee, and they they made a special bun for us. Uh, we're actually uh, doing a, a, a fried cauliflower right now too. Um, it's just like our sandwich, but with the cauliflower instead of the chicken, and it's breaded the same same seasoning. And uh, we're finishing up with a vegan version. Uh, the bread company actually has a vegan button that we're going to be using. And that'll probably um, come out the same time that the restaurant opens. Uh, you know, like our Fuego sauce, which is a mayo-based sauce. We actually made it into a, a vegan mayo Fuego sauce now. Um, so the whole sandwich will be vegan. Um, uh down to like you know our our egg wash where we we scratch the eggs and we're using like a macadamia nut milk um with a little bit of flour and our seasoning and stuff like that that we usually do for the egg wash so um those are some of the the biggest changes that we're doing right now um and we we're working on um you know, getting with uh, more local farmers and um, trying to trying to get a little bit more in tune with our uh, with our location. But uh, the bread was the biggest thing for me um, because we we go through. Uh, I think right now we're doing about you know twelve hundred buns a, a a week. So um, bringing in a local bakery to do those and. You know, uh, you know, they got the price right, um, you know, a couple more cents more bun, but, you know, that's that's easy to, um, you know, to work with them on. So, uh, yeah, that's what we've been working on. Yeah, I think there's a company by you guys called Mary's Chicken also that does, though, I think they're probably free range, though, um, that I've worked with before. That's pretty cool local chicken supplier to you guys. Um, I don't know who you're using, but you mentioned local chicken. Yeah, so they're, just they're were... Petaluma. Yeah, Petaluma, uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, I mean, I like that idea. I think that you're starting to see more diverse menus, were, and that's why I brought up the um, pasture uh, chicken or free-range chicken, uh, excuse me. And so that's why I was interested. I mean, being in California, I mean, what kind of things do you guys see um, do you see any pushback because you're you're frying food? Do you see anything related to that? Or people are like, oh my gosh, this is such a relief to get like Nashville-inspired chicken that um, that it's not something or you guys are conscious of it. That's why you're doing the vegan thing and, and knowing you probably need to have some healthier options as well. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, uh, a lot of people, that's what they're asking for. Um, that was the, the main thing they're like, you know, I I eat the crust off my boyfriend's chicken, you know, but is there a vegan or is there a vegetarian version? 
And then, you know, we came out with a vegetarian version, which was the cauliflower. And then we started getting, you know, I'm vegan. Can you have a vegan option? And, you know, the, the problem with, you know, vegan, yeah, you can make all the ingredients vegan, but where are you going to fry the chicken? You know, because you can't just, you know, make everything else vegan and throw, you know, like your cauliflower down in the same oil that you're frying your chicken in. So, um, we, we, at the restaurant, we could do vegan because we'll have enough fryers, but on the trucks, we probably can't because we only have so much space in there. So, um, that'd be another reason to drive people to the restaurant if they are vegan, because we'll have the space to do the vegan option. Um, but on the trucks, everything else would be vegan, but we, we, I don't think we, I don't know, Jacob, I don't think we can even do it because all of our priors are spoken for, right? Yeah, I mean, it comes down to a, a space issue, you know? Absolutely. We can only have so much on, on a food truck. I mean, we'd, we'd love to accommodate everybody, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, it's Before people you... are there for the chicken and we, we need to we have that space for them. And, <laughs> Unfortunately. And, and food semi kitchen trailers probably wouldn't park so well in the city if you got any bigger but i think it's a, a great model and i think um if not still the most popular for a long time the most popular food truck in atlanta was a food truck called the slutty vegan and i think she's gone to some mm-hmm. brick and mortar as yep. well and multiple trucks um if i remember correctly but same idea i mean you somewhat you know, as you go into be able to diversify your menu, um, take your same concept, but tweak it enough where it appeals to people and exactly what you said, where people can still go there, but he or she wants something other than chicken or other than, um, you know, the, the standard cauliflower with breading and needs a vegan option. That's pretty cool. So, um, I like what you guys are doing. So, I mean, where do you guys sit? I mean, do you guys ever go on the trucks anymore? Do you mostly spend time in the commissary? Uh, are you spending time in the new restaurant, getting that off the ground? I mean, where do you guys spend most of your time in the business? Uh, I go from the commissary to the restaurant depot to the Costco business. <laughs> uh, my, my day is pretty much running around, <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, more more of the business side, um, you know, trying to create new opportunities, looking for, you know, events, looking for new places to park uh, the truck, uh, trying to expand this thing too. you know, seeing where we could, uh, you know, where where the business can go and, you know, uh, where uh, because I, I I don't know if I said this in the first uh pod but um you know i i can see i can see nash and proper in every city you know um you know especially with you know jake's you know marketing skills um i i feel that we could we could make a home and you know all these smaller markets that can't get a you know a shake shack or chick-fil-a you know like i i feel that we can go into these markets and you know do really good and you know, uh, make something homegrown in other small cities. 
you know, uh, you know, Sacramento is not the smallest city, but it's not a San Francisco, you know, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, um, these, these smaller cities are craving something that's creative and, you know, really good food other than, you know, your, your standard, uh, fast food, you know, chicken joints or burger joints, um, because everything we do is scratch made, um, uh, well, mostly everything that we do, um, I say, uh, you know, 90% of our menu is scratch made, um, so you guys make your own uh, sauces and stuff like that as well. Yeah, we make all of our sauces. We make all of our seasoning. Um, we we make our you know our hot oil that we dip our chicken into. Um, you know, I, I think that's what really separates us from a lot of uh, you know I say any kind of food. Um, you know, from restaurants to food trucks. You know. And people, people think, you know, we're crazy. They're like, Hey, why are you doing all this? Like, it, it just makes a difference. You know, like if you go out to eat, you know, when something has been, you know, pre-frozen or, you know, you know, like, Oh man, this is, you know, Frank's red hot sauce, you know, and I love Frank's don't get me wrong, but you know, it's, it's just those things that, you know, make, you know, make the difference and uh how you how you taste your food and what the food does taste like yeah absolutely and um i like that and i like that it's um you're you're basically um making it from scratch it's true to you guys and it's gonna matter in a business you know if you guys franchise or you guys decide to open once in multiple cities where you guys have done the steps you're putting together and the ingredients, you know, the processes and it's replicable, um, for you guys to train it, which also, and you're obviously training your people so they can, or your teams now, so they can train their teams, uh, for lack of, a, mm-hmm. you know, um, a better term. And, um, mm-hmm. now, you know, just like I train my teams and the people that work for me, um, so they can train the next set of people and the next set of teams. And so, um, I like the model a lot and I like what you guys are doing and I, you know, I see so much potential there. I see being able to bottle your sauces, um, and offer something online. I see being able to do maybe Nashville nugget bites for grocery stores. Uh, you know, I see mm. just your, your cool model and just, um, the things that you guys are doing because you own your recipes also. I mean, that's an important part. You're not just passing through something. You're owning those pieces, which becomes an important part um, in any food business as you grow. I mean, it's no mistake you see Taco Bell sauce in the grocery store. I mean, it's a well-thought-out mm-hmm. thing. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. happen right away. But if you've started building now, you know, and it's something that happens 15 years, great. If it's something that happens one year even better, you know? So I think it's pretty cool how you guys have built your model. I've always enjoyed it. And I've known, um, that's one of the reasons your podcast did so well. The first time is just people saw the model and saw the enthusiasm and that's contagious, right? But you also know when something's going to do well, it's not just luck. We're starting to see you guys build something that's starting to get some serious momentum, which I think is cool. Um, thank you. So Jake, we've, we've heard from Cecil last time, but 
what is it that you've learned from this business doing it? I mean, if you could pass on anything, um, it could be on a human level, it could be on a business level, it could be on all of the levels above and any that I can't think of right now. But I mean, what is it that you think you've learned or grown the most in that you would pass on to someone if, if they came out and said, what is it that, um, you've learned the most or you've grown the most in? Um, I would say just wake up and do as much as possible in your day and just go at a hundred percent all day long and knock out your to-do list and then keep an ongoing, you know, just be organized mentally and um, take care of yourself. And, you know, you just have to attack each day and get everything done that needs to be done. You know, we get thrown wrenches here and there. And it's just important just to not not back down. You know, you have to have that energy and, you know, be able to to, you know, put out fires where fires need to put out be put out. And um I think that's really important just as an entrepreneur and you know, just you have to keep going forward. There's there's no looking back. And as far as personal growth, you know, I, let's see, I, I started the social media. I had zero, zero, um, you know, knowledge of it. I, you know, I had my personal account and that's about it, but I saw how other brands and other things, you know, were conveyed and how they did it. And for the most part, I just kind of replicate um, I might see something cool and then I'll replicate it and put our own spin on it. And you can see from the beginning, if you look at our first pictures on our timeline and go to now, you can see my personal growth right then and there. Like, you know, the way I'm attacking and trying to, you know, convey our message and, you know, market national proper. Awesome. So, CISO, how about since the podcast, I think, which was February of 2019, um, to now. Oh, wow. That long ago? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> changes, growth. There's puppies. Yeah. You're, you're trying to make more time for your family and, and grow the business and talk to yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, especially with the pandemic, I'm, I'm getting some time with the family, you know. Um, they they probably see me a little too much now. They're not used to daddy being home all the time. But, um, you know, uh, right now, um, you know, uh, yeah, the business, uh, I, all I can say is that, you know, I think we did the best um, that we can do at a time like this, you know, um, you know, uh, with the, with the pandemic, um, with, with all the, you know, um, the, the, the other social, uh, justice, um, issues going on in the world and in, in America here. Um, but I think Nash and proper itself, um, we, we, I, I think we, the the pivot that we made is the pivot that I, I think uh, most people should think about making, and that's just 
you know, uh, you know, keep your head down, um, do what you do well. Um, the people that are out there, um, you know, I, I know there's some fine dining guys out there that listen to this. You know, sometimes you got to humble yourself. Um, you know, people love meatloaf, mashed potatoes. Um, people don't want to go home and pick up a box and have to make their own five course meal at home. Um, you know, humble yourself. If you want to, if you want to be in business two years from now, humble yourself now so you can get back to your fine dining. Um, I think that's, I think a lot of people get in their own way. And, uh, I think about if it was five years ago and this happened, I probably would have got in my own way, but, um, you know, just, you know, just stay out there in the community. Um, you know, people, people, you know, they remember when everybody was doing all the baked bread, remember when the pandemic first started and everybody was baking bread. Now nobody has bread pictures on Instagram anymore. You know, (laughs) people, people, you know, people, you know, they they cook for a little bit, but I think, um, you know, our, our industry is, um, is dying a slow death, but I think that, um, we need to help each other. And I hope that, um, if anybody's out there listening, um, you know, I, you could, you know, you can hit me up on, on Instagram, DM me, uh, if you need somebody to talk to, um, I, I'm here for you. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of guys that, that hit me up just to pick my brain and, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to pay it forward, but you know, like, um, especially in this time, you know, a lot of people need to talk. And I, I think I said this on the last, uh, on the last pod too, uh, keep that mental health in check too. You know, it's not, it's, it's a rough time out there right now for a lot of people and, uh, your, your mental health needs to be on, you know, I, I have family first, but you know, I, I have mental health a close second. So get all that stuff in tune with each other, please. Yeah, absolutely. And find find ways to 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 find outlets or, or ways to talk about it, like you said, or exercise or just walking something. Um it can be a lot being around and you know, spending more time than we're used to with one another and things like that. You know, and it can be stressful. Every time you think you found a new norm, something changes. So there is that as well. And I think that's um that's pretty crazy, um, the world we're living in when it comes to that. Um, but I want to touch on something you said, and I think it's important that we, the industry we live in is changing um, food. And, you know, I got to tell you, we, you know, there was about six weeks, I think, I didn't do a single podcast. I just wiped my schedule because we had to steer our own business in a different direction. Um, and needed to put everything focusing on that, um, and doing that, but it's, we are seeing a change in the world and we're seeing that the infrastructure and the food infrastructure 
in particular that we live under or expectations, um, it's not quite as strong um, as we think it is because of the amount of layers in it. So we're starting to see people, okay, let's talk about fine dining chef um, that I think is an awesome topic, is there's ways to still create your great food, um, hit a price point, but it means it's you're not sitting behind a kitchen and letting just Cisco deliver the food or U.S. Foods deliver your food anymore. You're going to have to go out to the farms. You're going to have to get reliable sources for this food um, and get pricing. You're going to have to do a little more effort. And the guys that do, that take the harder path, they're the ones that are seeing success right now. And I'm giving everyone in the audience um, a little nugget there. Um, because farmers are looking for business too and reliable sources. So, you know, you start dealing with this directly and building these relationships directly. You know, this is what business should be. You know, it's about building relationships, about the local relationships. It's about delivering things in every community you have an impact in. You know, so it's it's things like that that we can do. Um, if you're multiple cities you know maybe it's buyers within there have a certain amount of leeway to buy locally i don't know 30 40 percent to get a little bit um, more flexibility in buying and in in the communities and reliable sources Um, because we need flexibility right now trying to get everything else is so strict the mass the the stuff it's necessary don't get me wrong but we need some flexibility elsewhere in our lives and i think that's supporting our communities that's um, taking control of our resources um, and our supply chains, um, our distribution chains, flying local, reliable distribution resources. If your your delivery, I think, you know, there's a lot of things that we can look at. It changing in our businesses, it forces us to look at it. So I think that's pretty cool. So um, I agree with that 100%. What you said. So. What I'm thinking is I have about five or six questions that I've randomly pulled off from listeners from your guys' first podcast, but I'm thinking I'll probably get questions again from this podcast, so maybe we'll just reconnect in a couple weeks and do another podcast, just a Q&A with you guys that the listeners can then submit questions. So if anyone has any questions, they can submit them. I'll add them to the ones I pulled off from the first episode. And we can do that. Does that sound like something you guys might be interested? Uh, Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Because I have some other questions for you guys in terms of um, moving forward and, and, and where you guys are. So um, you talked about the commissary being like a grocery store for your managers and, and shopping lists and stuff. I mean, how did you decide why get away from the shared kitchen? Why go to the commissary? I mean, what were the hurdles that you were facing that made you decide it? I mean, the obvious one to me is taking control of your own destiny and vertical integration. But I wanted to sort of get inside your guy's brain and, and why that vital piece? Uh, well, the, the, from last year, to this year, um, you know, like our business was, you know, crazy busy. You know, we're doing, um, you know, bottle rock festivals. We're doing um, aftershock festivals. We're doing all these festivals. 
and we were booked to do them this year as well but when you're doing festivals you're you're working you know pretty much 12 hour shifts as it is you know but after that you know you still have to you know go get the food all this stuff you know so uh from last year to this year i just wanted to simplify everything i wanted for my guys to just come in the truck's already ready to go um if we're doing a double shift then you know they could come back and already have their food ready for them because before you know what we're doing is you know you have to come in you got to prep all your stuff you got to load up the trucks you gotta you know go out do your shift, come back, wash the trucks, and tomorrow you're doing it all over again. So I, you see the look on these guys, you know, your workers' faces when they're doing this, you know? It's just like, hey, you guys look burnt out. And, you know, like Jake, you know, me, we, we're still, you know, Jake more than me working on the trucks. And, you know, he – you know, he, he's burnt out. All the employees are burnt out. So it's just like, okay, let's just do a, uh, let's bring in a prep crew. So all that we're doing is prepping the food, loading the trucks. You guys come in, you know, get your drinks on ice and then leave. So that's pretty much, you know, taking hour and a half two hours out of those guys a day where they could you know sleep a little bit more so they could get out and do their shift the next day um it you know i i think most of it was just not trying to burn out the crew you know um because we from the first year to the second year you know we we're just cranking you know like the first year was a little slow and, you know, we, we started hitting a little stride, like, um, you know, December of two, 2018. And then I think when we first did our first podcast, Justin, um, that's when we were just like, you know, everybody started seeing us like, oh, man, who are these people? You know, and I think you're getting like our, our little, our little twilight, um, uh, you know, introduction to, you know, oh, national proper might be a thing to right now where, you know, we're a staple in Sacramento. Um, you know, I, I say, you know, uh, seven, seven out of 10 people know national proper is if you're just walking down the street in Sacramento. Um, so the, the commissary, but then the commissary eventually, we were just going to do, um, you know, when we got our, our prep system down, we are just going to do our uh, third-party delivery system. And when the pandemic hit, we just made it a ghost kitchen. So we didn't have, you know, all three trucks out. Um, and while, you know, we have a prep team here, plus we had, you know, a couple guys just doing our uh, pickup orders from the ghost kitchen as well. Um no no third party just yet um but that's what it was supposed to be but then pandemic hit okay let's let's minimize this because we had a few people that 
um, that left during the pandemic too. So we didn't even have that much staff to go out on the trucks. Um, so the, the ghost kitchen uh, slash commissary kind of helped us out with uh, keeping, you know, a couple guys employed instead of letting them go because, um, you know, everybody, you know, I, I, uh, most of the guys still wanted to work and, you know, we, we tried to, you know, we, we made it as, um, as, you know, as safe as we could, um, you know, cause those first couple weeks, you know, call the health department. They're like, we know just as much as you know, <laughs> you know? So it was kind of, all right, let's, you know, put on masks, let's wear the gloves, let's, you know, make sure we're changing gloves and have our sanitizer, you know, so we we're just kind of winging it and, um, you know, just getting our weekly updates from, you know, the CDC um, and just trying to follow the guidelines. Um, but, uh, yeah, sorry, I'm getting long winded here, but no, but I, quickly explain what a ghost kitchen is just in case anyone in the audience doesn't know or hasn't heard the term before. Yeah. So a ghost kitchen is pretty much, uh, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a restaurant. Um, it's just pretty much, you're just making your food and, you know, um, it's pretty much not like a dine in restaurant. So you can either, you know, do it as like we were going to do as a, you know, third party delivery um, or, you know, pick up, you know, from we have a little uh, table right at the door. So we put the bag of food there with the person's name. They come in, they grab it, you know, and it's all done, you know, electronically on your phone. Um, so you put in your order, you know, on, the, on, you know, your computer or your phone, and then you get, you know, updates. Uh, so when you order your food, we get it here, we'll press, all right, your food is being prepared. Um, and then when it's ready, hey, your food is ready. So you're getting these alerts the whole time that your food is being made, but it's just not, you know, it's not a restaurant per se. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a ghost. It's not, it's there, but it's not there. You know what I mean? Um, but we're just doing our, our Nashville, you know, our, uh, Nash and proper, but some people have multiple concepts under one ghost kitchen, you know, one person that have Nashville hot chicken, they'll have an Italian, you know, uh, pizzeria. And, you know, I, I've heard people having up to 10, 15 concepts all in one kitchen. Um, and just doing it on the uh, third-party delivery services, uh, just under different names. So um, you know, some people, you know, they they like to expand like that. But um, especially right now, um, and this goes back to the restaurateurs. Um, if if you guys you know have something out there that you guys want to do, um, and you have a restaurant just sitting there. You know, try something different. You know, if you're doing, you know, burgers, try to try to, you know, do a taco or taco kit or something like that. Who knows? You never know what it's going to catch. So if you're just sitting on a restaurant, I say make it a ghost kitchen. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you guys for, for coming on and, and I'll reach out to you guys and, and we can get you back on in, in a couple of weeks or, or even within the next week if possible or whatever you guys decide works for you. But um, I appreciate that. So is there anything you guys want to say to the audience before we, we wrap up the episode? Go, Jake. <laughs> Go for it, <laughs> Oh, no, it's, uh, you know, if you're in the Sacramento area, uh, hit up Nash and Proper. Um, you know, we're, we're working on the storefront right now, um, but check us out, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, we, we post our schedule at the beginning of the week. Um, you know, we, we try to, we try to hit, you know, most towns in Sacramento, uh, we try to do the best we can, but, uh, Tuesday through Friday, we're at TNR barbecue 3621 Broadway and Wednesday through Saturday, we're here, uh, 3270 Northgate Boulevard. Um, but those are, those are where we are usually every week. Um, and then, you know, we'll pick up things in Roseville, Elk Grove, but, uh, you know, and then, you know, follow us on, you know, all social media, um, we're, we're more dominant in, uh, Instagram. Um, but we're, we're still on every, uh, platform that that's out there. Except for TikTok. We need to get on TikTok. See, you can start dancing. Oh, everybody loves my dancer. Yeah, you got it. No, no, TikTok's, TikTok's becoming a big thing, man. I mean, it's crazy. That thing, that thing has blown up out of nowhere. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, people can feel, uh, figure out how to put their businesses on there and their social media. They're going to do pretty well. So, mm-hmm. um, Well, thank you guys again. Um, thank you, everyone, for thank listening you. in. And um, everyone enjoy their Monday. So... I appreciate you guys and I appreciate you guys, Jake and Cecil for coming on. I appreciate all the promoting you did of the last podcast episode. That was awesome. You guys kicked butt. Um, uh, so other than beef jerky, I would say you guys, um, chicken, apparently Nashville chickens, the, the second most popular thing that we've talked about. So it's pretty awesome. Can't wait to see how this episode does. So thank you guys again. All right. Thanks, Justin. Have a good one.